This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231 as we launch into another week of fun and excitement tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Show is about your calls, and your calls can be about anything. So again, 800-259-9231. I'm going to start things out here tonight by continuing a discussion that we had last week. Uh, we got into an email from Richard about doctor-assisted suicide, and he wanted to lay down his reasons for why he opposes doctor-assisted suicide. And it's what he wanted to point out is that he opposes it on reasons that have nothing to do with religious basis. Because when I had initially talked about it a, a, a while back on the show, was, I was just kind of uh, wondering why would anybody oppose doctor-assisted suicide except for some crazy religious uh, beliefs. It seems like it's a... A really humane idea. I mean, the idea that somebody who is in terminal pain, somebody who has a terminal illness of some sort and is, is living out their days in, in just hor- horrific pain, they should be able to, to take their own lives. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me. And so Richard has uh, enumerated his points. Well, now, um, as I recall from this email, um, now I'm, I'm not saying that I <clears throat> that I believe that entirely all the people out there are against uh, doctor-assisted suicide because of religious reasons. I, I know that uh, a friend of mine has expressed some reasons he didn't like, and basically, um, you know, having to do with eugenics and getting rid of the uh, uh, the people that, for whatever reason, the society didn't value that much. <clears throat> but this guy's points seem to be far more based on uh, organ selling. The first two, yeah. He's got than, uh, than they did on doctor-assisted suicide. And right. I never felt a clear link between those two. Well, I guess the link is he doesn't believe that you own yourself. Uh, and so all in the same category of your body and things you can and cannot do with it as far as what Richard would say you can and can't do with it. So he doesn't want you to be able to kill yourself, nor does he want you to be able to uh, to sell your organs. And you're right, Mark. His first two of his five points were about the organ sales. We left off in the midst of his uh, third point where he's talking about how he's concerned about, for instance, depressed people and how if he doesn't believe that one should just be able to walk into a doctor's office and say, Doc, I'm, I'm hating life yeah, and I'd like you to kill me. Uh, he well, doesn't think that, that that should happen. And And I pointed out that while there's no way that I don't think that we can prevent that situation from occurring, nor would I attempt to. I think if if there's a doctor that wants to provide that kind of a service for a, for a client, I think they should be free to do that. But I think most doctors are going to be very cautious about it. I think that most people are going to, if if there is a suicide option available for people, there's going to be a process that they're going to have to go through. Maybe get in, uh, you know, possibly sit down with a counselor for uh, for a session just to to talk to somebody. Maybe have a mandatory waiting period. As far as not not from the government, but in the doctor's office. The, the doctor's right. office would have this as policy to make sure that they were doing what the individual wanted, to consult with family, to uh, to assure that them that, uh, you know, or to to check that, that All they the doctors want this. I've ever met would not do this. They just wouldn't do it. Like now, take a hundred bucks and just knock somebody sure, off? Sure, here you go. Yeah, Here's some within, pills. Within them walking into the office in, a, in an hour, right. they're dead. I can't imagine any doctor allowing somebody to, to do it, period. Right. Even if the, if the person had... had thought about it for weeks and they had totally made up their mind 
the doctor is not going to want to do that because the family could still come in and claim, look, you talked him into it or you yeah. you were to blame here and we're going to sue you or come after you in some way. That's and, why I would think bringing the family in and having them sign off on some paperwork as well would be an important part of the process. The question you have to ask yourself is today with doctor-assisted suicide being illegal here in the United States, are depressed people that want to kill themselves unable to kill themselves? That's a great question. Really. I mean, you know, that that's the other question that one needs to ask because – if I wanted to kill myself tonight, I could do that. It's just an option of mine. And sure. there's nothing that anybody could do about it. Nope. So if a doctor wanted, if I got some pills from a doctor after, you know, months of counseling or whatever in order to do it a little more cleanly and uh, be a little more prepared than, say, uh, you know, drinking a fifth of Jack and saying, yeah, I'm going to take care of this problem now. If doctor-assisted suicide were legal, do you suppose uh, people in the military would have that option open to them? <laughs> well, the military people don't own themselves. Right, they 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 own the military. Well, right, but they have some of the highest suicide rates they've ever been facing. And again, Is that right? yeah, when the government, uh, when people start to see that, look, these guys would rather kill themselves than face this uh, contract that, of slavery that they've agreed to, what would change? Well, he says, uh, depression is a mental illness. You would allow doctors to prescribe medicine to a depressed person to kill themselves because it's their right to kill themselves. Maybe they're depressed about their wife leaving them. Why shouldn't they just be able to go to a doctor and ask him to write them a prescription for death? What's wrong with that? What happens is patients, against the advice of their doctors, will demand the medicine when they are clearly in a mental state where they are not making rational decisions. Wait a second. The, in, in, a free, in a free market, a patient cannot demand medicine from a doctor, a doctor gets to decide what medicine he prescribes to a patient, whether or not that patient does. I mean, so, so it well, doesn't. But that's not to say that the patient couldn't go uh, and buy a bunch of aspirin and take them. So you don't need or to whatever. have anything. <laughs> yeah, there, there right. are but he, he blamed to... it on the doctor. He said right. that somehow there, there needs to be a doctor involved here, and there doesn't. No. There doesn't need to be a doctor involved today. For suicide, and um, you know, if you're depressed and you don't, won't need it in a free market either. He says allowing the freedom for doctors to prescribe suicide medicines would lead to innumerable deaths, of which should have been treated with other medication. People do not just kill themselves; it's a mental illness that's more complicated than just the freedom to do what you want. Agreed. So. I think that he is just really paranoid about doctors here. Maybe he knows some real shifty doctors or something like that. And I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure, you know, in the, the world of doctors, there are probably some who would just go ahead and take some money to off somebody. But you're right. The liabilities would would seem to be too risky. Uh, most doctors care about people. The ones that I've met, they really have a, a real heartfelt uh, concern for their patients. And they want to make sure that their patients are getting the, the right kind of care. And so I think that all the things that we talked about the, would be gone through at most legitimate kind of upfront medical clinics, uh, you're not going to be able to just walk in the door and be dead in an hour. It's just not going to, it just doesn't seem to me like the market, that that's what the market is, uh, is demanding or they would get from established medical professionals. Uh, these got a couple more points, but we're going to go to your phone calls. Chris is on the line in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Chris, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I'm going to switch it up for a moment here and let you guys in on something I figured out this weekend. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Help everybody out. Uh, I came across a new program on my phone. I got a uh, Android phone, which is the new Google uh, operating system mm-hmm. for phones. Anyway, the the program is made for uh, streaming podcasts. So, you know, for example, you could listen to like Free Talk Live, you know, on it live Excellent. instead of tuning into the radio if you can't. 
But anyway, uh, I was poking around, and there's a bunch of different stations that you can just kind of flip through and browse through. And I found one for the um, LAPD police scanner mm-hmm. radio. So I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And I was messing around a little bit, and I was like, you know, it would be much better, though, if it was my own town. So yeah. I went online, and I poked around for a little while. And if you go online, you can pretty much find, I found out, uh, any police radar is pretty much streamed live. You just have to go look around a little bit on the search engine, and you yep. can find it. Scan America. now I've uh, got it on my phone, so I can listen into the police radar anytime. I'm so cool. So cool. ScanAmerica.us is one of the, I think, the more popular websites where people who are just scanner buffs will put their scanners online. And so pretty much every major market uh, around the country, you can guarantee you'll be able to listen to a police scanner from your area. And smaller markets, it may be up, up to you to start your own. Uh, in fact, we're working on something like that up here in the, in the Keene, New Hampshire area. Uh, I can't really say much more than that at, uh, at this time, but I think that's a great acti- uh, little bit of activism is to put – the police on the internet so people can uh, can tune into them and i i also have the same uh, setup uh, i can tune into the police scanner in this area from my blackberry so anywhere i am i can uh, i can listen to what what's going on and That's it's great. it's I mean, around here it's we're not in a very high population area so there's not a lot of action but when it's there it's 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 on and people can can listen to it the tricky thing is a lot of police departments uh, around the country are using digital encoded uh, trunked trunk tracking or uh, trunked uh, systems that you need to have more expensive scanners to receive. So if you're in a more rural area, odds are you're not going to come up against that. Uh, But if you're trying to set up your own uh, scanner, make sure you do your homework first uh, to research the kind of system that the police have in your area and ensure that you get the right product that will tune that in. I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, Great ideas. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. So if that doesn't exist for your area, that's one of those things that you could pick up the ball on. It doesn't cost a whole lot, a few hundred bucks, uh, and you're in the game. Stream it out, and anybody can tune in. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by... This uh, brought to you by friends at SACL CAI. We'll tell you more about them in a little bit. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, including Facebook. We've got a Facebook fan page, and you can join up. You can become a fan, as it is called. Simply go to facebook.freetalklive.com and click the Become a Fan link. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and in every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. As we continue with your calls about what you want, it's Adam in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Adam. Hey guys, uh, I just have a story that happened to me this weekend uh, on the 4th of July. Um, I'm from Avon, Minnesota, kind of where Garrison Keillor started his Lake Wobegon Trail, uh, Prairie Home Companion, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, So we pride ourselves on... So are all the women uh, big and tough there and all the men sensitive, as he, (laughs) Garrison Keillor, mentions? Uh, Yeah, and I I consider myself above average, so um, (laughs) I'd I'd say so. Uh, And to kind of show people well he had his 35th anniversary here uh of the show our town is population 1000 people for this thing on 
on the 4th of July, over 12,000 people showed up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's got a popular so show. He, yeah. Who is this guy? He, Garrison Keeler. Uh, NPR. Very own companion. Okay. That kind of thing. Gotcha. He's on MP- yeah, exactly. So uh, 12,000 people are coming out for this thing. We actually initially thought that there'd be 5,000. So me and my friend Cole, we're going to go backpacking through Europe next year. We thought it'd be a good way to raise money by handing out lemonade. Well, here we um, didn't want to buy a permit, um, as you might guess a few reasons for that. So we decided to give out free lemonade instead and just ask for donations. Okay, gotcha. Um, Well, we got there. We put a lot of hours into this really intricate uh, lemonade stand. We put it up on the public property there. We got permission from the police, actually. Really? Um, Yeah, they said, it's public property. You guys don't need a permit. You aren't selling anything you're giving out free lemonade got it and we, we thought with all these twelve thousand people here that would really kind of show people how kind we are there are people from new york from connecticut all over the okay excuse me all over the country so we we're going to give out free lemonade um that obviously made some people upset and uh the Why? person in charge of selling the vendor permits came over and told us that we needed to move and get out of there Oh, oh, okay. So there, the, so this Garrison Keeler guy was having a real, uh, a whole event with different vendor tables and things like that, and but he was holding it on public property. So you guys came in without talking to their people, and you set up your own table. How close were you to their area? Well, the funny thing is, we made our stand that said Lake Wobegon Lemonade. We spelled it wrong. We put Wobegon or whatever to avoid copyright stuff. Um, and they, all the Garrison Kugler people were absolutely fine with it. Okay. They came and posed for pictures with us. They thought it was funny. They donated some money for, uh, the lemonade stand. Uh, the people that were upset, um, like I said, were the people who were supposed to be in charge of the vendor permit. Uh, one of which, the main lady in charge, is actually my neighbor. Oh boy. Yeah. So she came over. Didn't know I was involved. She was yelling at my friend, or not yelling, raising her voice at my friend. Mm. Telling me he needed to leave. He needed to leave. And she saw my face, thought it was me. She tried to be nicer about it, but she still said we needed to get out of there. How much were they charging for a vendor permit? Um, I never asked that. We actually did go to the city hall the day before. Um, at about 3 o'clock, they closed at 3.30. <laughs> nobody was there. Oh, but wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean a permit. Uh, a vendor table. Like, how much did you even talk to her at all about possibly going and getting set up in their vendor area and what that would have cost, or you just didn't even care to ask? No, we did not. We we did go to the city hall the day before at 3. You figured it's public property. If you want to give away lemonade, what's the big deal, right? And so she tried to basically say, well, this isn't public property while we're here. Pretty much. They, they said that we should have notified them ahead of time. Well, you know, it probably wouldn't have hurt. I mean, it is their event, and uh, you guys were kind of uh, nudging your way in, and certainly you were doing something nice. Uh, but I can see why she was I can see why she was upset, but at the same time, it is public property. If you want to hold an event on public property, then you need to be ready for somebody else to show up like that. If you don't want that to happen, you need to make a deal with somebody who has a piece of private land and go and do it there, and then you can kick whoever yeah, you want you off. Know, I've noticed there's events on public property around, and um, you know, being part of the public, I haven't gotten my check. Yeah, right, exactly. right. Exactly. So, so did you guys end up moving? How did this resolve itself? Well, we told them um, that we had permission from the cops to be there, uh, we were on public property. We were just giving out free lemonade. We at, at that point, we took our donation jar down because mm-hmm. um, we didn't want to make them more mad. 
we actually even volunteered to uh, donate all the money we made to the Women of Avon group because they were supporting us. We helped them and a couple other people set up their stands because we were being nice to everyone around there. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they went and got um, some some man that I recognized, but I didn't know who he was. Uh, I, I knew that he could possibly be high up in the whole bureaucracy thing here at Avon. Um, and he basically came out and intimidated us and yelled at us. Oh, boy. Um, and told us to get out of there. Or um, else what? I kinda, well, I kind of... At first, he was just like, you need to leave. I, I kind of was joking with him, and I, I asked him if he, well, I said that we were taking part in the free market, and we were creating competition among other vendors by handing out our free lemonade. And then I asked him if, it, if he thought it was kind of ironic uh, that was, he was condemning Adam Smith's economic principles and capitalism <laughs> on the 4th of July. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> uh, he got really, I, I kind of think it went over his head, but he knew that I was kind of, joking about it and he told us we had 15 minutes to get out of there or, or he would come out and get us out he was going to physically remove you um Did- i don't i technically to be fair i don't know if he would have physically removed us but he insinuated that he would physically remove our stand that is outrageous so you guys uh back down or or just make a stand there and, and stay um unfortunately this is about two, an hour and a half after the whole argument ended. Cole and I weren't having fun anymore. I know. Uh, we decided to pack it up and leave. Well, we're, so, so wait, so 15 minutes, so an hour and a half went by after he had talked to you, or how long was it after he had threatened you that you left? Um, well, an hour and 15 minutes went by since those first women started yelling at us, and we went back and forth and talked to the cops and mm-hmm. all this other stuff, and then they finally got him. And he said we had 15 minutes. I sat down and drank a glass of lemonade. And eventually, five minutes later, we packed up. And Boy, left. what a jerk. He deserved exactly. a camera in his face, in my opinion. Uh, that's one thing. I wish that... I would have. I'm, I'm a film major. I wish I would have had my camera oh. on me. It's a shame. That's um, why I love having the uh, the BlackBerry. Even though the video quality is absolute crap, it's there with me at all times. And so if something like that develops, all I have to do is reach to my hip, press a few buttons, and... And I'm recording and live to the internet. Yeah, and when that phone comes out, people's behavior changes. It just yeah, they don't want to be seen as this big jerk on the internet to anybody that wants to watch. You're going to show uh, show their true selves to uh, to the rest of the world, and absolutely that will change their behavior. I highly recommend the next time you attempt something like that, uh, bring something along with you. you. You know, a little handy cam or pocket flip cam or something like that. You don't have to go all the way uh, to get some really great footage because as long as the footage is interesting, even if it looks like crap, people will still watch it. Thanks for the call, dude. Uh, sorry. To hear about that. It's Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. You know, we're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
And the features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free right there on the front page of the website. In fact, just put up the uh, the brand new torrent over the weekend. And we have moved away from the Pirate Bay's uh, tracker in protest of the fact that they've sold out. So we had to find a new <laughs> torrent tracker. And That'll uh, show them. Yeah, no, it won't. <laughs> but anyway. They How the, many millions of dollars do they get? Eight million. Eight million. That'll teach them. Pretty we'll sweet, pull huh? our business away from those guys. For taking that $8 million check, that'll show them. Well, they're no longer in charge. They sold the business. So uh, the torrent is up. That means you can grab the entire month of June all in one fell swoop, and it's free over at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go back for an entire year's worth of torrents and get them all free at freetalklive.com. Okay, we're going to continue taking your calls. Steve is on the line in Texas, and Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. So many great topics today, uh, but on this issue of the doctor's assisted suicide, yes, sir. in a free society, this is totally unnecessary. In a free society, all you'd need to do is just go down to your local corner store and pick up a lethal dose of morphine or heroin. There's no need to beg uh, permission from a doctor. Well, you know, there, there, I think, is some value to having a suicide service, whether it's a doctor that performs it or somebody else, uh, some suicide company, to where you could go and have the body taken away. That way somebody doesn't have to come and find you. And I don't The doctor's know, not doing that. Somebody's okay, going to take your body really away. Any, They've got uh, the body removal service. that of a suicide service, but I certainly don't see a doctor... Uh, I think the proper role of a doctor is to save your life and to help you, and it, it's it's turned into this perverted thing where well, you got to go get beg permission from a doctor to get a prescription because of our uh, authoritarian drug laws. If if you're suffering in horrible pain and you don't want this to continue, and there's no hope of it getting any better, and your your quality of life is just in the toilet, wouldn't a doctor be helping somebody that shows that wanted to end their life at that point? Well, that's what, again. I, I don't think that it's necessary to go for a go but to maybe a it is. What if I don't know what a lethal dose? Any, yeah, I mean, it, wouldn't you have the same thing you have with like the back corner abortions where people do it wrong and end up causing making things worse, making their situation worse? Right, so what a if, doctor could do it correctly. What if I uh, am well, somebody who? Hold on a second. Do, what if what if I am somebody who does not like the idea of taking heroin or something like that? Perhaps I don't want to be uh, inebriated or intoxicated prior to my death. Perhaps I just want to go out. In a what some might think a more dignified fashion, uh, then if you go into a doctor, they will know based on your body weight and that sort of thing what an appropriate dose and what the appropriate chemical would be to make it as easy as possible rather than having to go and, you know, shove a bunch of heroin into your veins or something like that. It, it could be a much you more. You don't necessarily simple. have to take heroin or morphine through your veins. You could, uh, I'm sure if it were a free market and you, you'd be able to ingest a large amount of liquid or some other form. But do you see would, what I'm uh, saying? I, I, as a, I, as a layman, may not understand all of that. I may not understand what a, a lethal dose is, nor may I want to go through the process of taking a lethal dose of one of those drugs when I could take a drug that is designed for the purpose of killing me. Do you see where I'm coming from? And whether it's yeah, the doctor that prescribes it, that or not. I, I, I would concur with that, but I don't think that that would... If we had a free market in, in drugs and if there were a free market in uh, availability and it was readily accessible, this would not be an issue at all. It would not be, oh, we need to go to a doctor to get a prescription for a lethal dose of whatever. It, it, would, it would be a relatively easy matter to take no, care no, of No, no, no. There wouldn't necessarily be a prescription system in a free market. You would go to the doctor to get advice. I mean, they, they would be in an advisory role because you would be able to go to the pharmacy and pick up whatever drug was available. 
So yeah, you well, could go in, buy the in today's society with the wide availability of internet, that that information would be quite easy to to acquire. I'm with I the believe. caller on this one. I mean, there's there probably in the free market there are some people that call a plumber to unclog a drain. Yeah. It happens. However, those people are wasting their stinking money. You're gonna kill yourself. Who cares? Right. So I mean, you go get you the go, less money you'll ever spend. You, you go, go go to the store. You buy the heroin just like you could 75 years ago in the store. Yeah. You drink a lethal dose. Whammo, bammo. It's not that hard to find a lethal dose of heroin. I swear to God. What, well, but a lot it of people. It was a hundred years ago. A okay. lot. A lot of people will go and. It was a hundred years ago where you okay. could go buy a lethal dose of heroin. Okay. Um, also, I, I wanted to say I was uh, detained at the border again a few days back. Uh, the first guy, he gave me a lecture, and then he sent me on to the secondary inspection to inspect my bag. And uh, you do not need a passport, okay? I want everybody that's listening. Oh, to you're know, the guy that walked through the, the one time, right? To enter this country. You're you're the gentleman what that walked. That? You're the gentleman that walked over the border and called us to tell tell us about that. Yes, yes, okay. I've, I've done it. Uh, this is going on my eighth time I've done it, and I, uh, since June 1st, when they say you're required by law to have a passport, you do not need a passport. I just show my two-year expired Texas driver's license, and the first guy, he gave me a lecture, gave me the papers, told me I'm noncompliant, pointed all the things out, and I just shook my head yes, and then the next guy... He said, and they all pointed, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he keeps doing this over and over. You know, they know me personally, every single one of them. And uh, the next guy, he said, he said, when are you, you know, with an angry face, he said, when are you going to get a passport? Are you going to get a passport? And I said, am I free to go? And he said, no, you're not free to go until you answer my question. And I said, oh, are you detaining me? And he said, yes, I'm detaining you until you answer my question. Hmm. And I said, okay. And then I took out my, my book to start reading it, and then he grabbed my book from me and took it away, and he had a very angry face. And how dare I, you disrespect uh, his authority? Comfortable. What was that? I said, how dare you disrespect his authority? I kind of made myself comfortable, and he said, don't sit down. You have, you, don't sit down there. And then, you know, <laughs> all the people, they're, they're passing me by, and they're watching this, and then... Uh, and then after a few more minutes, he says, I got all day. I'm, I'm going to be here till 12 o'clock midnight, and you're going to just wait here until, until uh, I finish my shift or you answer my question. He's trying said, to scare oh, you. Boy, I'm going to win this one yeah. because I'm going to wait here till he finishes his shift. <laughs> and uh, I saw another guy came after about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Another guy came after he talked to his supervisor. I guess his supervisor told him he has to let he was and told him to let me go. So it was only about 25 minutes this time, nice. and then he let me go. Nice. So well done. So you do done. not need a passport. Now, and it would help tremendously if more people did not comply. I can see it. it yeah. Noncompliance is the solution. Absolutely. I am in complete agreement with you on this point, and that is that the more people that we can get to just say no to just a few things, not, not everything all at once, but to just start saying no and just start That's experimenting right. with... And Sam, with the, Sam, I want to compliment you, too, on your, your latest video with Ian and, and the dollar bills. I heard about it on a previous show, but man, when I saw it, that was just great when you went after the cop with the camera. I really enjoyed that. Well, Thank you. Maybe, maybe it, it, it doesn't serve a purpose. You know, a lot of people say, oh, those free staters or whatever. But I'll tell you, I enjoyed it. It was a great, great uh, 
Great you're never going to make everybody happy. I mean, there are always going to be people that don't like the fact that you're upsetting the apple cart. They don't like the fact that you're out there speaking up and, and drawing attention to the uh, the depravity of the system. Uh, they they would much rather keep their head in the sand and pretend like everything is uh, is copacetic uh, and the, it's nonsense. Yeah, but the fact is, so, if that cop hadn't come up there with his gun and pushed us out, uh, people would have gotten to see how he gets his paycheck, and that's what he's willing to do to ensure that he gets paid. And I think that's important to show people. You know, it's an opportunity well, for me it, to do this small amount of good. Cri- and, and I wasn't the only one that enjoyed it. I sent it to a few other people, and they really got a kick out of it. Great. Too. Steve, thanks for that. I appreciate your call tonight. Keep up the, the great work out there. It's an opportunity for me to do the small amount of critique that I have for this video, and it's a small amount. Okay. Like, chasing after the cop, the only thing that I was thinking was uh, perhaps you could have been addressing issues as to the law and start asking him some questions on that. For one, you would have engaged him for a longer period of time because he, he was walking away. Okay, that's fine. Um, th- then you know he that was may, ready to get may out not there. be true, but you know they had no business kicking you out. Yeah, you, that's a public place. You were filming public servants. He would have been arrested probably. Although that yeah. cop did not want to arrest he him. Didn't, he was he all didn't alone. absolutely. But like that cop had no business kicking him out. And I think that he Sam Sam of anyone uh, would have been able to ask some questions about why he was doing it, rather than the sort of the idea of the force of the uh, the system. You know, that's it's sort of old news to our, the police around here. You should come bring a camera next time, yeah, Mark, and whatever. get a shot. More on the way here. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. Hey, and Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the website. The features are completely free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who fail to pay their bills. You may believe that debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI, repositioning companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial control. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Richard has emailed the show uh, enumerating his reasons why he is against doctor-assisted suicide. There are two that remain. And so we'll continue here, and you're welcome to comment or bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Number four, he says, you say the government should not be involved in the medical field. Well, it is, and I highly doubt that will change anytime soon. So by passing legislation that allows doctors to prescribe medicine to someone should their quality of life be bad enough starts quite a slippery slope, says Richard. I heard your argument on the radio that the problem is not suicide, it's the government. Perhaps you're right. However, if government is the problem, shouldn't the responsible thing be to get the government out of assisted suicide before you pass an assisted suicide law? Get the government out of assisted suicide. I don't see how the government is is in assisted suicide beyond the fact that it's prohibiting it in most places. So... I suppose that the government is in the AMA and, uh, you know, the doctor regulations and all that stuff. The government is is hip deep in, uh, you know, the medical industry. 
Maybe says, that's what he's talking about. He says, passing an assisted suicide law before you get the problem as you see it out of the way doesn't make much sense. It's like installing a new window in a house whose foundation is sinking. I guess what he's saying is he wants uh, he's suggesting that we get the government out of the medical field entirely before going ahead and uh, having this uh, assisted suicide thing. Look, I think that's that brilliant, if, Ian. What? It's brilliant what you're saying. You you figured it all out. Oh, right. I don't think it's brilliant what he's saying. Um, I think that what uh, what he's saying is is a very difficult process, and in the meantime, people are going to be suffering. Uh, and so if an assisted suicide law comes up, much in the same way that the, uh, the, the gay marriage issue came up here in New Hampshire recently, sure, I think everybody on this show would like to see the government step the hell out of marriage entirely and shut down whatever marriage licensing bureaucracy that there is. But in the meantime... If there is something that can be done that can make the system that it that does exist uh, fair to people who are of a uh, homosexual uh, persuasion, as far as if they want to go ahead and for whatever reason get a government marriage license, they should be able to uh, to go and do that. That's how I feel about it. And I realize that was an issue that split a lot of freedom activists. Well, hang on. Why why wouldn't you support ne- uh, net neutrality legislation then? Can you explain what that is? Uh, it requires the service providers not to offer a differentiation of service based on you know tiers or whatever. That would be a requirement on the, uh, the those business owners, whereas the government marriage thing is just a just piece of paper. Out of it. It's just a piece of paper. Okay. But what I'm saying is freedom activists here in New Hampshire, some of them supported the gay marriage thing and some of them did not. The reason why some supported it was because, well, it, it allows at least these people to, to have equal access to what is a silly system. And so then, when it's uh, relaxing uh, or expanding what the government allows people to do, you would support that. But when it's restricting what the private market can do or can or cannot do, then that's I, something you I would think oppose. so. I mean, it's a reluctant support. Obviously, okay. I, I have my preferences as to what I'd like to see, but nobody's proposing to get the government out of marriage yeah, at right. this time. Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, homosexuals should be able to have that, that access should they want to, uh, to take it. I, I wouldn't take it if I were them, yeah. but uh, if that's what they want. And so the same thing with, the, uh, with assisted suicide. He's saying in his, in his point here, well, why don't you guys just get the government out of uh, medicine entirely before you uh, go through with this? Why would you want to pass a law that just kind of changes the system? And, and it's because of compassion. It's because people who are who are in pain today should have the option, as they do, I believe, is Washington State uh, where it's legal? Is it Washington it and Oregon? Oregon? It's one or the other, or perhaps both, but there are only a couple of places in America where one can actually go to the doctor and kill oneself, and I I don't think that they are having this problem that he's suggesting where people are just walking in and uh, doctors are just offing people uh, without any kind of assessment. You know, and it doesn't make sense to really push hard to uh, get government out of uh, the medical system completely, at least with the mainstream uh, America that's out there, because they, they believe that we need government um Involvement in healthcare to make sure it's fair or, or you know whatever. It would make more sense to build an alternative system at the same time. To build an alternative system or to take it like this: pick one of these smaller issues, raise peop- raise awareness with people, show them, look, here's where the government falls short. Here's how it could be better in the private market, so that they come around gradually. Because you know, saying, hey, let's get the government out of healthcare, out of marriage altogether, is just too big for people to uh, comprehend at this point. He says, you're singing the praises, or he says, excuse me, it's, uh, 
Right. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, before you go on with that, I, I wanted to make one point. This is uh, this, this gentleman is doing what you call obfuscation. He's he's uh, trying to divert your attention away from the issue, uh, assisted suicide, which you know he is against, by saying, "Whoa, you've got to fix the whole medical industry before you go in there and fix this little part here." Mm. It's, it's like fixing a window on a house that's sinking. Yeah. Well. Mm, yeah, I, you know, the house is sinking. I'll give you that, but um, we'll be f- the, the medical industry. It'll come back, even if the government uh, does some terrible things to medical science here in the meantime. Don't worry. So yeah, he does say it's like installing a new window in a house whose foundation is sinking. You're singing the praises of the new window when it's bound to crack at some point in the future. Sure, now assisted suicide sounds like a good idea, but what about 20 years down the road when government involvement in medicine has expanded dramatically and we operate under a government health care system? An individual from the government will be forced to determine whether or not your quality of life is worth the expenditure to the general government and would be making the decisions for you for the greater good. But that statement would apply across the board. We already understand how socialized medicine works, and we understand that people who are older and less important to the state are given the short shrift and that there is essentially a process that basically says, well... We're just not going to help you. You're too old. Uh, you're going to die anyway. So why should why should we spend this public money on this? And I understand all of the problems that he's uh, he's pointing out there about the socialized system. But that's not an argument to prevent people from getting the help that they need right now. It's not. And and besides, we're talking about a free market in general. The idea of moving toward a free marketplace. I understand that the the government is moving in a certain dire- direction, but whether the government moves towards socialized medicine or not should have no bearing on whether or not an individual has the ability to choose what to do with his or her life. I agree. Uh, he says, by passing legislation that allows individuals to kill themselves under the current health care system, you're merely fixing a broken window on the Titanic. No, I'm being compassionate about people who are hurting. Number five, he says, the Declaration of Independence states that everyone is endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are the uh, right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I am very interested in how he's going to use the Declaration of Independence <laughs> to, uh, to talk about how people don't have the right to, uh, to end their life if they wish. These doctrines are equally spoken of in this document, yet you place liberty above life. By allowing individuals to kill themselves. No, no. Um, liberty, liberty, life, and the pursuit of happiness are all one thing. It's the same thing. It's just placed in you know the the period before you do it, the period after you do it, or what you're doing right now. So my life, I I have to have liberty when it comes to my life mm-hmm. because if I am forced to keep my life, I don't have liberty. It's not your life then. It's, it's his life. Right. He gets right. To decide. If you get to decide, is it Richard? Richard. Richard. If Richard. Dick. If you get to decide whether or not I keep my life, then it's not mine to decide on anymore. So you don't have your life and you don't have liberty, of course, in that in that game. Sorry, can't have you, you, you can't have it that way. He says it's the government's job to protect every human life. Oh, really? <laughs> Is, did he learn that from listening to uh, George Bush or Barack Obama? Because I know they say that over and over again, but it's actually really Richard, not the government's job to do that. In fact, the Supreme Court has said it over and over again. The government has no obligation to do anything for you. Richard, uh, here's where you uh, you got to be careful what you wish for because you might get it. And, you know, the, the biggest curse that you can give one is I hope you get everything that you want. I hope the government protects your life, Richard, because... 
that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. I know that eating cheeseburgers, not so great for my health. However, I like the taste of a good cheeseburger. That's going to end my life shortly, um, you know, in a, in a shorter fashion. Richard, you like the idea of your life without cheeseburgers? How about smoking? 20% of Americans do that. Are you one of them, Richard? Candy bars? Ice cream? Skydiving? Scuba diving? You pick the things that you like in this world, Richard, and the chances are good they'll kill you. And there's also a good chance some government bureaucrat's going to try to tell you you can't do that at some point in the future with all of those above things. There's a little more to what Richard has to say, uh, and we'll get back to that. Hour number two is coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is what we are launching into, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And that number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about the way uh, people think. I think, Mark, you've got a, a story about that. But I want to wrap up Richard's email, which we've spent now a couple days on here, uh, where he's been enumerating some different points as to why he doesn't believe that you own yourself that uh, you should be free to control whether or not you live or die. The issue is doctor-assisted suicide. And he's wrapping up his thoughts here saying that he believes it's the government's job to protect you from murder, terrorist attacks, robberies, etc. That it's the government's job, he says, to protect every human life. Well, if that's true, then why are they killing so many people? I mean, if it were true that the government's uh, job is to protect all human life, then uh, they wouldn't be going around blowing people up around the world. Well, they're not people. They're, they're terrorists. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. okay, if they're not citizens of that government, then they're fair game. So not all human life. I'm just reading his words here. He says, uh, whether it be, um, he says it's the government's job to protect us from ourselves when we have a mental illness that would lead us to commit suicide. I'm sure there are hundreds of people thankful the government has an obligation to save them from an attempt to kill themselves. By saying, I'm sure there are hundreds, hundreds of people, too, that are, are thankful that some people saved them from uh, you know, trying to commit suicide. And I don't think in the absence of the government trying to, uh, you know, the government being big enough to get in there and save people from their suicides, that people wouldn't try to save people 
from suicide. Too. Well said. Well said. Good job separating the collectivism uh, there, because if it's even if it's cops talking you down from a ledge, it's two individuals who did that, not uh, some right. mass called the government. I work for uh, I, I, I volunteer for the, uh, the the town that I live in, the volunteer fire department. Mm-hmm. Now. If I save somebody, and that hasn't happened, <laughs> but if I do save somebody, From does the government get credit for it? Mm, that's a really? good question. I mean, does the government get credit for it? Because I'm not saying I need credit for saving somebody, but if credit's going to be applied, I would prefer that it didn't get applied to the, the government of the town that I live in no, because no. they didn't do anything. There was a, a story, I think, yesterday. A, a New York cop on the way home from graduation saved somebody from an armed robbery and was a hero. And, you know, it's his picture in the paper. Yeah. Not the government's. Well, it was. you said it was a cop? Or, yeah, a new graduate. He had just. Uh, Did he have his cop hat on or just his so. cop uniform on? I, I'm not sure. Uh, probably his uniform. Because the government gets credit by with the, uh, the, the, the. To some extent, the uniform and more so with the hat. You know, people are not above their their hats. That's true. He says, by saying everyone has the right to kill themselves, you would handcuff the government from protecting those with serious mental diseases. Policemen would have no obligation to save an individual who jumps off. Nobody's protecting Ian at this point. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, Because uh, he says, a policeman would have no obligation to save an individual who jumps off a bridge because it's their own choice. Just like the police can't choose what car you buy. Well, again, the police have no obligation to save you if you are threatening to jump off of a bridge. They may do it, but they have no obligation. I have no way of expressing this more clearly that the government has said over and over again that no government at any level, in this country at least, has an obligation to do anything for you. Whether it's save you or arrest you or or pay you or take money from you, they have no obligation to do any of it. Now, they're going to do the taking the money thing and they're going to do the arresting thing. The saving thing, eh, it's a toss-up. Yeah, did he mention mentally insane, or is that how he Yeah, he says it? that uh, you would handcuff the government from protecting those with serious mental diseases. Kind of like the guy that was in the parking lot, got up on top of a platform, and was naked, swinging a uh, fluorescent light bulb around. The police tasered this, him. Yeah, the guy that, uh, was it like a music concert? I thought they shot that no, guy. No, they, they tasered him, and then he fell to his death. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that was New York, New York. City. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I remember that one. But there was another guy who was naked, uh, and he was at a like a music show out in California or something like that. And I guess they didn't like him being naked, like some naked hippie guy. And four, three cops came, and one of them was this huge gorilla of a cop, and he landed his knee. They took the guy down to the ground, and the gorilla cop like landed on the guy with his knee, just f- right square in the back of his back, uh, full force. 300-pound guy just crushing this man, uh, all because he was naked and refused to put his clothes back on. Nice. Yeah, we need police protecting people like that. Right. So that's Richard's email. Uh, He's made it pretty clear he doesn't really believe that you should be free, that you control yourself, that you own yourself, that you should be free to make uh, make whatever choices you want about your body. He probably would say that you should be able to eat what you want, but then again, like you said, Mark, it's a slippery slope. He mentioned a slippery slope in his email, but the real slippery slope is the idea that government should be protecting you at all because then the busybodies get in there and they just protect you to death eventually. They'll try. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So let's talk about people, Mark, and how it is they process information. Okay. People are interesting. People are fascinating. This is from EurekaAlert.org. Those unsure of own ideas, more resistant to view of others. Um, We swim in a sea of information, but filter out most of what we see and hear. A new analysis of data from dozens of studies sheds light, um, sheds new light on how we choose what we do and 
do not hear. The study found that while people tend to avoid information that contradicts what they already think or believe, certain factors can cause them to seek out or at least consider other points of view. And it, I think it's inter- this article is interesting because it, it shows, A, that people filter out the things that they don't want to hear, and B, kind of gives people an insight a little bit, just a tiny bit, into the ways to communicate to people that disagree with them. Okay, great. The analysis reported this month in Psychological, in Psychological Bulletin. So if you particularly like this article, go to Psychological Bulletin. You can read more about it. Published by the American Psychological Association, was led by researchers at the University of Illinois, those darn Illini, and the University of Florida. Used data from uh, 31 studies involving 8,000 participants. It puts to rest a long-standing debate over whether people actively avoid information that contradicts what they believe, or whether they are simply exposed more often to the ideas that conform to their their own because they tend to be surrounded by like-minded people. Wow, there was a debate about that. It would seem that people do actively avoid the ideas. I think that they are also, um, you know, exposed to the things that they are, both. Yeah, yeah, both of them. We wanted to see exactly across the board to what extent people are willing to seek out the truth versus just say information, um, excuse me, stay comfortable with uh, what they know, said uh, University of Illinois psychological professor Dolores Arbrisan, who uh, led the study with uh, the University of Florida researcher William Hart. The team included researchers from uh, Northwestern University and Ohio University. The studies are, they reviewed generally, probably those researchers, uh, the study yeah. reviewed generally asked uh, participants about their, <laughs> they have moms too, about their views on a given topic and then allowed them to choose whether they wanted to view or read information supporting their own or an opposing point of view. So they, people got an option. Do you want to read more about what you think or about what the other side thinks? Right. Gotcha. The researchers found that people are about twice as likely to select information that supports their own point of view. as um, to consider an opposing point of view. Certain individuals whose uh, closed-minded personalities are even more reluctant to expose themselves to differing perspectives, Elberton said, will opt for the information that corresponds to their uh, views nearly 75% of the time. So, Let me guess. When they uh, read the opposing view, they, it was because they thought, saw or thought of something that uh, might benefit themselves or that they might uh, uh, gain some, some reward from. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the reasons. They didn't really give why it was that people would choose to to look at the point, expose, uh, you know, the opposing point of view. I don't know. It, I, I can see myself doing either of those instances, and so you know, I, I would think that uh, one of the reasons would be uh, that I would want to uh, have that information for myself to be able to combat that in a. Uh, that's a, what I was thinking. You know yeah. what? Know thine enemy. Rebut. That sort of thing. I want to use the term rebut as opposed to or yeah. um, as opposed to combat. I don't like uh, that particular term. Researchers, researchers found surprisingly most people are resistant to new points of view when their own ideas are associated with political, religious, or ethical values. If you are really committed to your own attitude, for um, example, or if you are a very committed Democrat, you are more likely to seek congenial information, that is, information that corresponds with your views. If the issues concern moral values or politics, about 70% of the time you will choose uh, congenial information versus 60% of the time issues right, are not so, related to, to values. Right, so somebody who is a, a conservative, I mean, I'm being very general here, and one of those moralistic conservatives isn't going to want to see information on why the, the war on drugs should be ended. Uh, and similarly, uh, you know, somebody who considers themselves a liberal doesn't want to read anything contradictory about global warming, for instance. 800-259-9231. There's more to this. Uh, we'll dig into people's psyches a little deeper in moments and take your calls about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number allows you to bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those, including the wiki, with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you imagine possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're going to get back to talking about how people think uh, here in moments. But first, we go to a Free Stater. Stephanie is on the line, listening in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? So I basically called because I just wanted to vent about um, kind of an irritating experience that I had okay, sure. um, regarding a bigoted person, oh, no. <laughs> and I thought you might uh, appreciate hearing about it. Sure, go ahead. <clears throat> well, um, I have a friend on Facebook who I've never met, which I guess is kind of common, you know. I kind of just uh, add anyone who adds me. But uh, a couple days ago, this person who I've never met um, posted an article on his Facebook page, and it was about... Um, a pedophile, and the pedophile, I guess, was gay, openly gay, and um, the article was sort of just... Oh, I don't know what's going on there. It sounds like we got ourselves a bad connection. Uh, Stephanie, if you can hear me, you should probably either be patient, it might come back, or you can hang up. Stephanie, are you there? Yes, I'm okay. here. Sorry, you're going to have to start, uh, start again. Uh, we got to the point where they'd posted an article about a pedophile, and then the phone went off on the fritz a bit. No, oh, sorry about that. So it might well, not be your fault. Anyway, Go ahead. The, the article was lumping in all gay people with pedophiles. Oh, and yes. it was sort of, it was alleging that, you know, if you're gay, you're more likely to do horrible things to children. It's and nonsense. of course, that's not true at all. Yeah. And so I replied, I posted a, a little comment on his link, and I wrote that, you know, it's it's really ridiculous. I mean, I thought this, this article was... Um, was really bigoted and it really looked bad and I didn't like that he posted it. And he basically, you know, responded with this ex-gay website saying that, you know, oh, homosexuals can, can go to this website and just like change to straight people if they want to. <laughs> 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 Which is totally ridiculous. And um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've known some of these people who claim to be ex-gays and it's just... You know, they are who they are. You know, you can't change something like that. So, wait, what's their story? I mean, do you believe that they have, uh, that they're just bisexual and that, oh, we lost Stephanie. We are having some phone problems tonight. Uh, so, these people that, that uh, claim that they were once a gay person and, and no longer are, what do you think their story is? Like, were they, uh, are they just telling, telling a lie or were they experimenting and they just, uh, they felt guilty about experimenting, so they tried to act like they, they're not interested anymore in Maybe the, they just know. decided it wasn't for them. I don't know. Well, I think that there's, <laughs> uh, that, that there's, there's a continuum of, uh, sexuality. Some people are at the end of it. And, yeah. The Kinsey um, scale. The Kinsey scale, I believe is what it's called. Yes. Uh, so, you know, some guys are just gay. And I yeah. think you can probably. Like Dale guilt some of those guys into <laughs> not having sex. However, you won't guilt them into not being gay anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people who have had sex with, you know, guys or girls, depending on whether they're, uh, you know, male or female. And then they just decide that that's, 
you know, they find the religion and they change or whatever. But do you think it's it? Do you think that they really are, uh, you know, on the scale like a little more gay than not gay, and that they're just feeling pressured by society? Some of them, obviously, we're grouping them into into a a group. It's not fair. So, do do you think some of them are uh, of to the point where they really are gay, but they are just so pressured by society that they want to change back and so they go through this process and then they you know basically have recloseted themselves essentially is that, is that I, yeah what's i think that can happen sure yeah. I don't know, I'd, I'd love to hear somebody else's thoughts on this i think is this stephanie are you back yes i am okay go ahead with your thoughts i just think it's really sad that some people think that you know gay people can and should change to straight people and i mean it's obviously they're deluding themselves but they continue to go out and perpetrate this stuff and um I guess I grew up in the Northeast, and I guess I was sort of relatively sheltered from this kind of bigotry um, as I was growing up. And when I talk to people who are sort of from, you know, more middle America, they say, oh, it's it's rampant out there. You know, everybody hates gay people. And it, it kind really? of just shocks me, and I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Is well, it really I, sad? I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked by, and saddened by it. I, I can't like stand bigots. I'd like to address the, uh, the, the gays are pedophiles uh, of the point. Yeah, because um, that's frequently heard, and it's nonsense. First off, I'd like to say that there, well, there, there's things behind it, sort of. Um, you know, males, as opposed to females, uh, tend to like the younger uh, you know, body types, whereas w- women are a little more likely to appreciate uh, mature uh, partners, men you know, like the younger partners. So, uh, for instance, I today saw some girl that was uh, running down the street. Now, I don't know how old she was. She could have been 16. She <laughs> I don't want to know how old she was. <laughs> right. I, the fact is, I didn't touch her, but she looked good. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I sure. thought to myself, she'll look better when she gets a little older. But at the same time, I thought she looked good at the time, too. Sure, sure. So... You know that that term is not pedophilia. That term is aphibiophilia, and it's essentially being attracted to somebody who's over the age of you know who's breeding age, but not yet legal age, because the government has uh, slapped this number on uh, right. on you know the age that uh, people can engage in sex legally, and they they won't throw them, throw people in jail for it. So that's a whole other issue too. <laughs> sure, but people have collapsed the uh, terminology pedophilia and aphibiophilia, um, and they're they're not the same thing at all. And then guys have a tendency to like younger uh, partners than than women do, and so you, that's where you get this from with gay guys. So what you're saying is that in the cases where a gay person is caught with a relationship with somebody who's underage, it's usually not a pedophile that you're catching. It's usually somebody that is uh, is engaging in something with a teenager. I would say that what you're, you're going to find there is the an equal amount of, uh, in percentage population, a, a pretty close amount of gay guys that are choose to do this as, as heterosexual guys that choose, choose to do this, essentially. That's what I would think as well. Uh, it's just that for whatever reason, they, they get uh, nailed with that rap and it's it's just because of the bigotry well, not it's just only, because of the hate not only are they participating in statutory rape but they're participating in sodomy too from people's um you know see, points of the... view so it's a double sin god's giving you it. twice for this one gotcha interesting the the bible when you think about it only prohibits a certain act of sodomy but all of the rest of it should be okay shouldn't it I, according to the bible <laughs> I'm sure that some Bible person could call in and cite a passage that makes it sound like uh, gay people are against God like two, or something. Well, or two men couldn't kiss, and that's is it, does it prohibit that in the Bible? 
I don't know. Different cultures are different, mm. and we've, for whatever reason, decided to adopt the cultural uh, beliefs of, you know, the, the ancient Jews. But in uh, in Greece, uh, about the time of, uh, um, you know, Alexander the Great, when they were conquering the world, it was extraordinarily common, common. for young yeah. men and older men to participate in homosexual relationships. And, and have heterosexual And then in their midlife, um, to move towards heterosexual relationships and raise a family. And it would have been verboten, um, it would have been taboo, really, for people to participate in something sort of outside of that in any of these portions. So it would be weird. So no one would have batted an eye at right. older men with younger guys. Or, or young men with young girls they would have had a big problem with. Like There's all mm. kinds of... It's weird. Yeah, crazy. Hey, I Stephanie, wonder if that was consensual if, with the younger guys, though. If you've got more, we'll bring it back, Stephanie. Hang on. 800-259-9231. She had a, a conflict with a bigot today on the Facebook profile, which is... One of the reasons why I started cleaning up my Facebook friends because I just I didn't know those people, so I have to start just only allowing people in that uh, that actually know who they are. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Um, all right, so, um, oh, and one other thing I uh, wanted to tell you about on the website is the Shrine of Female listeners. We do have our very first video validation, thanks to Hannah. Uh, you can see that over at shrine.freetalklive.com or just actually from the front page of freetalklive.com. It is linked relatively near the top. So enjoy that. And lady listeners, uh, you're welcome to submit your pictures or your videos proving that the, you listen to Free Talk Live and we'll get you up on the Shrine as well. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, We go back to Stephanie in New Hampshire. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you had an issue with somebody on your Facebook friends uh, friends list who had posted a a very bigoted uh, piece of information that when you're on Facebook, for our listeners that don't know this, it's a social networking website, a relatively popular social networking website, but not everyone is on there. So uh, when somebody who's on your list of friends posts something to their profile, Everybody else who is in their friends list sees what it is that they posted, basically. That's kind of how it works uh, in a nutshell. And so you saw something that was was pretty offensive, uh, pretty bigoted against gay people, suggesting that all gay people uh, were, that the gay males particularly were interested in, in, you know, were more likely to be pedophiles, which is, of course, just nonsense. And so go ahead with your uh, thoughts. I know you had more to say. Yeah, well, what this really brought up for me was the whole... um so-called ex-gay movement, which I don't believe for a minute. But, of course, this guy was saying that um, homosexuals can and should change into straight people. And, um, of course, I disagreed with that. But I I knew someone a long time ago who um, was gay in high school, and he came out of the closet. And he was um, from Pakistan. His parents were from Pakistan. And I guess when they found out that um, he that he was gay, they sent him back to Pakistan and sent him to a, some kind of a camp, like a re-education camp. And when he returned a year later, he said, oh, I'm straight now. And I didn't believe it. And I'm actually just 
really curious what happened to him there, if he just had the crap beat out of him. I was really concerned. Um, and I want to know if anyone's out there listening um, who knows more about this or maybe has been part of the so-called ex-gay movement, if they could mm. share some more information, because it's, it's fascinating to me in a bad way, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to know more. Good question. Uh, if there is somebody with a story, uh, something they can relate, would love to hear from them at 800-259-9231. Don't Penn and Teller uh, cover this in one of their episodes? The whole uh, changing from gay thing? Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm well, it certainly sounds like BS to me. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it covered somewhere where they went in and they interviewed. Uh, maybe it was the Boy Scouts episode. They went and they interviewed uh, some some guy who was running one of these rackets. Uh, he's basically a religious zealot who is offering the services of supposedly changing gay people into straight people. And of course, he claims that he mm-hmm. was once uh, once gay as well which it could just be uh something it could be a scam artist basically just uh, trying to build people for money it worked for ted, ted haggard didn't it yeah right ted haggard <laughs> the uh, the mega church pastor who was caught doing uh, crank and having sex with uh, with gay male prostitutes mhm so i don't know yeah. you're right it's a it's, i think what what was that phrase um me thinks he doth protest too much <laughs> Yeah, it does seem that those who doth protest too much are the ones with uh, the the real issues. Thanks for the call, Absolutely. Stephanie. Good hearing from you tonight. And if anybody can answer her question, if anybody can share a story, would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Of course, Dale, who is our uh, token gay guy on the show, uh, he's here on Thursday night. So he's actually, I think he's still out of burning pork, hanging out with uh, with some friends and, and having a good time. But otherwise, I'm sure he would have a at least a comment on something like this, having been in the, the gay community for a long time. I imagine he's probably run into something like that. So maybe we'll make a note and ask him on Thursday. Mark, can you make a note on that? I can. <laughs> Thanks. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Bill in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hey, fellas. Great to talk to you. And Sam, uh, you're an inspiration. And uh, God, I'm... Uh... I, uh, I, I was really inspired just by watching everything you went through. So uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Thank you, Bill. Uh, just real, real quick on Stephanie's point, uh, I think it's key for all of us to remember that the reason this is even an issue and the reason homosexuality is contentious is because of governments getting involved and dividing up uh, services, quote-unquote, and money based on things like marital status. And if the government got out of it, yeah, Jerry Falwell and big gay activists probably aren't ever going to be the best of friends, mm-hmm. but it takes away a lot of the tension. Yes. I think you're right about that. I think it does. Uh, it certainly exacerbates uh, existing disagreements between people, that's for sure. Uh, but you're you're right. People are going to hate on each other for a long time, unfortunately. I, you know, I, I wish it would change. I agree that there's also you know these anti-discrimination laws out there. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't like the idea that somebody wouldn't hire somebody because they were gay and sinful. However, um, I think that that is that right, the right of that business owner to not hire people that are gay if that's what they choose and that they shouldn't have to you know, pay for that person's uh, spouse um, that they consider to be a sinful spouse um, in the form of uh, medical payments or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think that that's uh, an area that the government has gotten into, that it's just none of their business. Well, certainly. And, yes. and let, me get, let me get to the real reason I called. And I, between Ron Paul and you guys, I've, I've been making this journey from conservatism to liberty. And it's, it's really been liberating and, and just amazing. Lovely. One of the issues um, I, I still have a little bit of trouble with is the issue of intellectual property. 
and uh, to take, for instance, pharmaceuticals. And we, we all know a lot of the, the cost in developing pharmaceuticals is due to the FDA, which I would hope we'd all agree should be eliminated or at least severely curtailed. But even in a free market for pharmaceuticals, um, most consumers, I would certainly demand some sort of testing, and that's still going to cost some money. And so there's still going to be substantial sums involved in creating these products. Not and arbitrary I, substantial sums, yeah. not like the federal government where they just slap a number on something. You know, um, this is I, I, I have moved through this uh, particular issue recently, and I think that intellectual property is one of the last rivets to pop on the old, uh, um, you know, small, you know, libertarian, Republican to libertarian journey. Um, and <laughs> here's the, here's some ideas that you might be able to uh, look at in a more free market world where the government didn't protect the um, you know the the ideas of other people. Now you would agree that this is a civil case, right? Certainly, and I would also agree that the the limits are purely arbitrary. And that the uh, when when but you know when it says has that FBI warning on videotapes when they threaten you with ten years, you think that that's wrong, right? Certainly. Okay. Um, so I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page there. So you're already looking to change the intellectual property system. It's not good the way it is, but we could make it better. And, you know, the problem is, is that uh, you get big business in bed with government, and you're always going to end up with something like what we've got in the intellectual property arena um, on, you know, 10 years in prison for video, for selling uh, videotapes. So it doesn't make any sense to uh, let the government um, get involved there. But in, this, in the case of pharmaceuticals, if you read um, Dr. Mary Ruart's uh, yeah, excellent book, uh, Healing Our World, have you li- read it? I actually just got finished with it a few weeks ago. And she it, doesn't really address pharmaceuticals in that book. Well, she she addresses uh, medical research, though. Okay. And in um, you know talking about medical research, maybe it's something else of hers that I've read. That she gave a speech at uh, the Liberty Forum where she outlined her thoughts on on the issue. Tell us I about recall. that. Then. I didn't see the speech. Okay, well, in this, in, in this uh, Dr. Mary Ruard says that uh, essentially, you know, at one point, drug companies weren't nearly as concerned about intellectual property as they are today, that they sort of picked up, huh, we can protect uh, the, our, our ideas within the last 15 years, and, and then we don't have to do as much research, and, and, you know, we can just essentially become lawyers in this business as opposed to, uh, you know, medical researchers. And... In in the past, they weren't nearly as protective in the same ways on their R&D. So you can look into the relatively recent past that they, they don't necessarily need that for drug research. And She pointed out it was a more vibrant uh, R&D industry back yeah, then, too. That actually the, the you know, competition bred, um, bred more research and development. But um, also, if a company really did, let's say the company came up with a cure for AIDS or cancer or something like that and needed to protect it in order to uh, be able to make a profit... They could set up clinics, and they do this all the time with testing, um, so they can set up clinics basically by contracting with local doctors where mm. they, the doctors administer, administer the medicine, and the patient never actually gets to, te- That's to a get a hold idea. of it. And so, therefore, they keep control, better control over their intellectual property. Let's bring Bill back here in a moment. He may have more thoughts, and I know Sam's looking like he wants to jump in as well. Your, uh, your show, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you take control of the airwaves if you want. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL, C-A-I. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, 
then learn how to promote us at promote.freetalklive.com. There are a variety of things you can do. Most of them are totally free or very low cost to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com, get a list, and pick the ones that interest you. That's promote.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Bill in North Carolina, calling about uh, the ideas of uh, intellectual property. You were saying you've been on a journey, uh, a liberty journey, as we all have been, and we all started somewhere. You said you started from the, the conservative perspective. It's been a very limber, uh, liberating process, you say. And one of the, the last remaining issues that you've been working on getting over is uh, the intellectual property issue. And Mark was pointing out, you specifically had brought up medicine and Mark was pointing out some of the things that Dr. Mary Ruard had suggested as far as how it is that in the past when uh, there weren't really patent protections necessarily for medicine, that there was a very vibrant uh, research and development industry, which is, of course, the opposite of what people think. People think that if there is no patent protection or there is no governmental protection, that nothing will be developed, which is just not the case at all. Um, and then, Mark, you suggested that one of the ways she had said to protect property, and what they would consider intellectual property, would be to be very judicious about how they administer it. Uh, will, will they just give it to people uh, so they can take it home or take it to their competitors and reverse engineer it? Or will it be administered at a specific location at a certain you know uh, location that the company owns so they can be in total control over it the entire time? That wouldn't necessarily prevent industrial espionage or something like that from happening, uh, it, but it, it would make it more well. difficult. Uh, you know, I was uh, in the advertising industry. I, you know, dealt with docs, doctors' offices, and often doctors would do the, uh, we're, you know, they're, they're, they're testing a new. Uh, asthma drug or something like that, so you'd have to go to the doctor's office and you'd be administered the drug on site. Mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose it's possible that uh, they they, might be able to figure out some way to make a little secret packet in their mouth. Well, no, somebody, no, 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 it would be somebody on the inside who gets access to it and smuggles it out or something like that. Could, but at that point, you could have contracts that are binding with those physicians. But the contract wouldn't necessarily prevent them from breaking the contract and still smuggling the information out. The information may get out eventually. All I'm saying is you can spend a lot of money on that kind of stuff and it may not be worthwhile. And that's what that's what she was pointing out is that the companies these days pour so much money into legal protections that that money could be going to uh, research and de- development. And of course, without the government's involvement, R&D would be much, much cheaper because usually the legal protections are factored into R&D costs and it dramatically raises the cost of hiring the lawyers and going through the, the FDA and, and all of that. And I think another important thing to uh, consider is that Government has a way of consolidating players in the market and consolidating market share amongst a few key players that have managed to get in and lobby the uh, That's what it's all about. Exactly. So certainly today's medicines, they're far more complex. You know, we're talking genetic engineering and, and, and working with DNA and so forth. That's expensive. It costs a lot of money. But who's to say where the market would be if it hadn't been restricted in the first place? Mm. There are innovations out there that haven't happened because we have a handful of players looking for ways to to design these complex drugs, whereas, you know, who's going to come out with a better method of doing this cheaper and more efficiently? A handful of maybe 10 or 12 key players or 5,000 out there trying the same thing, trying to come up with a better, more efficient way to do this kind of uh, drug development. I don't even know if you're still there, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and that, that makes some sense. I mean, I still think it's hard for a, a pill you take three or four times a day, uh, you know, for, for there to be much security with that. 
But, but Bill, um, think about this. Um, pills that you take three or four times a day, look at sodium naproxen, acetaminophen, products like that. Uh, th- those are manufactured by several different manufacturers. Some of them are name brands, some of them not so much, and they all manage to, uh, a lot of them manage to stay in business and continue to, to compete. So it's, it's not the end of the world uh, if somebody doesn't have hold a, a complete iron grip on their idea. In fact, what really is, I think, would end up happening is if people adopted the mindset that ideas should be free, and I'm not saying they have to, but if they did adopt that mindset, then one idea can be used to build another idea off of. This is how wealth is created. We combine our brain power and our ideas with natural resources or previously existing ideas that have already been created in reality. We combine our new ideas with those things and create new wealth. So if ideas are free and you don't have to go and pay tremendous licensing fees in order to use a certain uh, portion of a patented human genome or something like that in order to develop your next drug if you can just use that information and put the product out uh it the the time to um the, the completion of the project is much shorter much the le- much there, shorter there's no legal wrangling that has to go on the costs are low uh, much lower as a result of that and so all of those new ideas coming out faster means more wealth for everybody does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with the, with what you're saying there. Let me let me try this from one more angle. Sure. Um, something that hit hits a little closer to home for you guys. If I'm KFI or WABC, one of these big talk stations, and there's no, you guys have no intellectual right to your show. Why? What's to stop me from taking your show, streaming it? I keep all the commercial revenue, and there's really no ostracism there because there's no intellectual property that I'm taking. Now, granted, I am helping you somewhat by making you more popular, yep, but I'm the one that's reaping all the rewards from your labor. You are. Uh, it's an interesting point. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, you're right. I don't believe in intellectual property, and so somebody could do something like that, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't sue them or anything. Um, certainly, if another station that has an agreement with us that's in that marketplace, for instance, let's say somebody is already in the LA marketplace has Free Talk Live, would be nice. Doesn't happen. Uh, but uh, but let's say that's the case, and then KFI comes in and decides they want to just start broadcasting the show. Uh, regardless of the fact that there's already somebody else in the marketplace that that has an agreement with us, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't step. Uh, I wouldn't uh, stop the station that has our agreement with us from from going after them. But I'm not sure they have standing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't really care. You know, it's, it's none of my business. Um, but but it is if you have to protect your customer. Well, yeah, but it's not it's not it's my not, responsibility. It's not something we've confronted yet. It's not something. It's not my responsibility. They can deal with that if that's something they want to do. But uh, as far as what you're suggesting is they'll take our commercial inventory off the air and put their own commercial inventory in in place of it and things like that. So our advertisers would would suffer uh, as a result. They wouldn't suffer because they're not getting anything that they um, they, weren't getting otherwise. They wouldn't. That's true. And they likely will be getting um, the, the benefit of us getting the kind of exposure that KFI would offer. Right. So we would still benefit from the exposure of Free Talk Live uh, in general. Plus, we do have uh, live reads that are on the air here that uh, when we come back from break, we will usually talk about, uh, you know, legal Zoom or, or the Free State Project or something like that. And that's much more difficult to deal with. They would have to pay a live board operator or something like that to pot down those commercials. So some of our advertisers would still get out over their airwaves. And of course, that would be a tremendous boon to those advertisers. But you're right. I, I wouldn't go after them. Uh, in any legal ba- in any legal way for doing that. In fact, there was a show run by a bunch of white supremacists, and we were just talking about how I can't stand bigots. So if I was ever to go after somebody, 
it would be somebody like that, right? Because I don't like those people. Uh, but there's these white supremacists out there that decided to name their show Free Talk, Talk Live. Live. And you can you go ahead and Google it. It'll come up within the first 20, uh, 20 hits, most likely. Uh, the, the guy that was hosting the show actually uh, killed himself and his wife. But yes, they, I think really they fun fun episode. I'm I sure. think they brought some other uh, hate monger in to take over the show. So I believe it is back now. At, free at Talk Live is back. I believe the free, white free, supremacist <laughs> Free Talk Live is is back on the air. So I guess the question is to me, right, as the owner of the intellectual property, which again I don't believe in, but w- if I did, would I want to spend my time and effort worrying about and and going after these people that were supposedly infringing, or would I want to spend my time and effort on doing my show and focusing on what's important to me? Plus, when uh, you get callers from this radio station, you could say, hey, you know, these guys are stripping out our commercials. Call the program director. Tell them to uh, give me a call. How easy would that be? Yeah. You could turn the listeners and let them know, look, this is what you're, the radio station, the way you're hearing the show, they're, they're doing it uh, not in a way that we're going to go after them, but in a way that we really disagree with, and we'd mm-hmm. like you to say something to the radio station. And that's that goes possible. out over their air, and that, that, that's it not going to sound yeah. good. Yeah, not to them. Sam, I think that was probably the, uh, the best way, and it, it just shows how, how much our paradigms all are going to have to shift if this is ever going to happen. Yeah, but, to one of ostracism rather right. than punitive. Uh, you have to think of a way to deal with the situation. If you're going to do something, you have to think of, well, how can I handle this without calling in the criminal gang called mm-hmm. the government and, and asking them to do something for me? What, what can I do about this? In my case, I would, just, I would probably do nothing. I might take Sam's uh, aspect and... And a, and a station that's that big, would we really have the ability to uh, effectively ostracize them? I don't know. We're the little guy in, in, in the syndicated world, so it's not like we've got a lot of clout. But we could out them in, like, Talkers Magazine or something like that and whatever industry uh, publications, like, this is an unacceptable way to do business, and maybe some other people in our industry might agree with them. And There are actually ways to lock down, like, satellite transmissions and lock out people uh, lockout stations from that, but that's not the kind of business I run. I want this show in, in as many formats and as many places as possible. If you pirate Free Talk Live, I encourage it. Thanks for the call, dude. Hour three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is right now. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they are all free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Uh, let's take your phone calls. That's what the show's about. You can call about absolutely anything. We'll go to Renix in New York on the amp line. Hello, Renix. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, just super, Renix. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I have a little bit of a story. Um, I was uh, I graduated from college about two years ago. I uh, graduated as an electrical engineer, and immediately afterward, I got sucked into the military-industrial complex, like most electrical engineers do. Hmm. Um, along the way, I uh, I discovered your guys' show, and I signed up for the Free State Project. And excellent. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess about six months ago, like I really just started to become apathetic with my job, and I just—I mean, I was doing it, but I was doing it very begrudgingly because, like, you know, I was—you know—I was working for stolen money, and it was just morally, it was just really, really grating on me. More, more. Um, um, you were working for stolen money and uh, working on things that'll kill people, right? Well, no, no. So we, I okay. wasn't working for things that were killing people. We were, I was actually working on sono buoys that help track submarines in the Atlantic for NATO and stuff, and for all types of governments all over the world. So it wasn't just U.S. stolen money. It was stolen money from France and England and all over the place. But You I mean, didn't like the blood-stained I, I, paychecks? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so I ended up getting downsized like a few weeks ago. And instead of... Uh, Taking it as like a bummer and a downer, I, I've been getting, I've been starting to look at it as a uh, an open opportunity because yes, also absolutely. at the end of this month my lease is up on my uh, apartment in New York, so I'm ha- actually glad that Sam is there because I know he's all about you know the universe trying to send him a message, <laughs> sort of getting that way you know in my thinking of like well. I just got laid off and my lease is up, so for like the first time in my life, I'm not tethered to any, you know, any location ever. So I've decided I'm just going to up and move to New Hampshire and see how it goes. That is fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> I, um, I, I hope that you've got some, uh, a little bit of money to be able to do uh, the apartment thing and, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to look for a job thing. And I... I hope that you get something in electrical engineering. If you worked for the military-industrial complex and didn't at least sock away some of your paychecks, then shame on you. Yes, I hope you've got some money, too. It's, It's a little easier up here with some savings. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a few months' worth of savings, and plus I'm still receiving severance checks for the next month or so. So, I mean, I, I have a few months' worth of leeway time uh, in doing that, but I'm really uh, – well, basically, I'm uh, – well, I think tomorrow is what I'm going to do. I've been, like, sort of mulling it over in my mind. Me and my, my fiancé and myself have sort of just been looking for apartments, you know, remotely through, you know, Pork Manor and uh, Craigslist and stuff. So Where I think do you tomorrow, want to I'm, just going to go, and I'm just driving to Manchester tomorrow. I'm going to uh, go to Tap Room Tuesday and uh, try to, you know, just look for apartments all day Wednesday and Thursday and uh, see what I can find. Where do you want to take your life uh, from here? Um, well, What's going to be different? Like, truthfully, I mean, I liked being an electrical engineer. I liked working with electronics. It's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I have a very scientific mind, and, I, you know, I'm very logical. So, I mean, I would like to find a consumer electronics you know, company to work for because, or I mean, at least something that I can produce something instead of you know consume. Because even when I was working and producing, I was still you know consuming deep down. You know, so I, uh, you, that might be tough to find in New Hampshire. You may be able to find yeah. uh, contract work or you know something where you are 
where you do have that stipulation. Not that you've been out looking, Sam. I mean, no, you, I haven't. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it would make more sense for you to come and, and start making connections. Yeah, and, you and probably have around. a better idea of the manufacturers than we do. I know that there's a company called PC Connections uh, that's uh, big in New Hampshire. And they're, they're a sales company, though, I think, for the most they part. May they may be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. But there are. A, it's my understanding there are a number of uh, tech sector jobs in, in New Hampshire. I, but that's they just say my, it's big. Just what I've heard. I, I've never actually done the looking. I know that on the Free State Project's website and forum. There are some job areas. I know that on the nhfree.com forum uh, and Free Keen to a lesser extent, there are also job areas where people, if they spot something, will just post. Uh, and then there are also links to websites where jobs are posted. So that might be something and to look at. How about this? Are you willing to work at Dunkin' Donuts while you look for another job? Oh, absolutely. I'm willing to do anything. No problem. You'll be I, set. I've been saying that since the get-go. It's like, I'm willing to do any odd job and anything just to make ends meet because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that just wants to sit around and do nothing all day, you know, and, and, and I've been doing that the last week just, you know, basically trying to get my stuff together and uh, look for, I mean, I've been sending out my resumes over Craigslist and mm-hmm. via, I mean, because there are actually a bunch of tech centers. I mean, I mean, none of that. I think the main reason I want to get in state is because when they see I have a New York address, yeah, they kind of just you know pass over. They do whatever. It's 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 harder to look for a for a job out of state, and I get and people seem to claim it here in New Hampshire. I don't know, um, you know, specifically whether it's just a New Hampshire phenomenon or whether this is everywhere, but it seems like it would be every everywhere. Um, It's what I've heard from movers is that they had an easier time once they got here. I've had a lot of people try to contact me and, uh, you know, through email and telephones and things like that that appear to simply want the CEO job of some major corporation delivered to them, um, you know, the contract delivered to them on a silver (laughs) platter. And, you know, when can I have that to them? And those people. I'm just out of school also. So, I mean, I know I'm not going to be able to jump into something big. So I, I would like to just, you know, like I said, just. Well, really, I want to, the reason I'm going to Taproom Tuesdays, and I was sort of convinced about that on the forum, is because I want to get there and I want to start networking as quickly as possible. Yeah. I think that's going to be the fastest way to get myself situated and, and to you know get my life moving along again in the way that I want it to. Yeah. So, uh, law of attraction. Let's talk that for a second because you brought it up. Um, <laughs> the uh, oh. everything that we've talked about up to now is really just the circumstances of your situation. The law of attraction would say, okay, pick out what you want, hold a picture of it, feel yourself having it, finding that job, finding what's next for you, finding the perfect opportunity, and just sort of uh, hold on to that, feel it, experience it, and watch it sort of come together in whatever way the universe decides. So you have to be aware. Uh, you have to be aware of the opportunities as they're presented to you. You can't just kind of bumble around and not pay attention. Certainly, you have to be open, but it's really holding the picture of what you want. Yeah. Also, I thought the way I understood it was you sort of have to work towards that also. I mean, you just can't. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I can have the idea in my head that, okay, I want to do this and this and this, but if I just sit around and do nothing, you have to be proactive about right. it. And that's you, why I'm you trying can... to, you know, get the ball rolling as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And be as proactive about it as possible. So, and plus, that's the type of people that should be moving to New Hampshire anyway. You know, if you're not proactive, you're never going to get there in the first place. Right. No doubt about it. And guess who's going to be at Tap Room Tuesday tomorrow? Who? No idea. Yours truly. Uh, <laughs> uh, awesome. 
Well, that's exciting, then. <laughs> yeah, action is a very important component uh, in this process because, obviously, if you go to Taproom Tuesday, sit over in the corner and drink your beer, nobody's going to come up and, uh, and offer you and say, hey... You look like a real electrical engineer kind of guy, you know. So obviously that stuff isn't going to just happen. Or yeah, or the the person comes up and says, "Hey, I want you to meet my friend Joe," and you say, "Oh no, no, that's okay. That could have been the opportunity that uh, was being presented for you just to move forward." Right. So uh, basically, the, from what the way I've heard it described is, uh, action is important, but it's not as important about uh, as how it's not as important as how you feel about what's coming next, about what you are, are expecting in your life. How you feel and the intention and the picture that you're holding. Yeah. Not necessarily well, the how. Exactly. And that's why I've been trying to keep as positive of a mindset as possible because, well, I remember when I grew up, my dad got laid off like when I was 10 or 11 or something. Mm-hmm. And he spent the next like month just in bed pouting about it. And, yeah. seemed, and it really sort of struck a chord with me that I didn't want – you just, I wouldn't even want to do that. I didn't want to drag myself down and everyone else down because. Well, right, well, because then know, that's what. Then the law of attraction will still. In that case, the law like of attraction that. will still be working. It, like it always is working, whether you're aware of it or not. So in your dad's case, if he wanted to be all pouty and angry about it, then he got, got himself into that rut and get, kept digging himself deeper into that rut. Yeah, and nobody's yeah. going to step up and and uh, and save you from that. You've got to save yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, I'm I'm very excited about coming, and uh, well, an alternate an alternative motive is I'm trying to I've been trying to find a couch or something to sleep on without having to pay for a. That is an easy one. Uh, what you want to do <laughs> is I don't know what's happening in Manchester, but uh, you can head over to nhfree.com. There's a there are regional sub forums there. You may want to post there. Uh, also at forum.freekeen.com. There's a housing forum there. If you're going to be visiting Keen, you might be able to find a couch to crash on here. But so post in advance of you arriving. It's much more difficult when you just show up and try to figure oh, yeah, it out no, then. Definitely. Good luck, dude. We'll see you here. It's Free Talk Live. It's free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, those features include the updates. So if you get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. Join more than half a million people who have trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. It's empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. It's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your next order. It's LegalZoom.com. All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. Mark, uh, can we get back to uh, the topic of people and how they think? And, of course, we, we've talked a lot about cognitive dissonance uh, in the past, and that's the... the and confirmation bias. And confirmation bias, they're both certainly tied in, uh, I think, to one another. Confirmation bias, as I understand it, is this phenomenon that basically says that when presented with con- uh, conflicting information to one's existing set of beliefs one is likely to simply ignore that information and only pay attention to information that confirms one's belief. Therefore, that's why it's called confirmation bias. So you're biased. Uh, Typically, people are biased toward what is confirming of their beliefs. 
Uh, and then, of course, cognitive dissonance is sort of the, the mental uh, mindset. Uh, the, it's, it's how the your conflict. mind deals with uh, things that, that, you, that, that don't correspond to your worldview. What you do when you're presented with that information yeah. is usually you get cognitive dissonance. Is that the feel, it's like a feeling, basically, that you get, right? Like, just I, like I, I don't want to hear this. I you understand know. it as a feeling. However, um, it may be that uh, you, know, you could just... Shut it off, shut off the information completely, mm-hmm. and that could be a form of cognitive dissonance too. Right. So what the story is that you're sharing with us, and I don't recall where it's from. Um, it's uh, from EurekaAlert.org. Okay. And so we we just kind of gotten into the discussion. I don't remember where we left off. So if you could. So pick up, um, it's great. basically up to this point. Uh, I'll recap for you. It's uh, said that it's people, by and large, uh, two two to- two times as often. 66%. Oh, they did a lot of studies, right? Yeah, well, it's studying a lot of studies. Right. is what they did. Two times as often do people choose to uh, hear what it is that they want to hear, as opposed to the other side of the story. They gave them the option of listening to uh, things that agreed with their point of view versus disagreed. Right. And uh, there's certain personalities that are more likely to um, to want to hear what they want to hear. Um, as opposed to want to hear the other side. And if you firmly believe things, for instance, a political or a religious view, you're less likely to want to hear the other side of those things in those instances. So the more fervent your belief, the less likely you'll want to hear anything contradictory. Right. Now, perhaps more... Because surpri- then, it's, then it's harder to be wrong, right? I mean, if you firmly believe in something and it turns out that you're misinformed, then that's much more difficult to, for people to deal with. Like, if it was just something that you'd kind of believed because someone always told you that was the way things were, then it's not as big of a deal if you find out that you were wrong. But if it's something that you've, for instance, maybe built a life on, like being a government bureaucrat, uh, if it's something that is really core, at the core of your belief system, then that you don't want to change that. It shifts from being the idea that's wrong to being me that's wrong. Mm. And we like to be right as humans, so... Right. You know, accepting that I was wrong about this and everybody that I've went out and talked to about this belief that I've shared my religion or my politics with, it means I've lied to them or I've deceived them and I look like an an idiot right now. Yeah, right. And and, and that's, that's it's kind of how it goes. If you, for instance, sports teams are also a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you live up here, you'll realize that the Red Sox are something akin to a religion. So it's it's very similar. If I say... The Red Sox suck. The person that likes the Red Sox finds that to be a personal attack on themselves. Mm. You're not saying that some baseball team, it's not, it's not the same as saying the Expos, where are they from? I don't know. Arizona Expos suck. Because a person who likes the uh, Red Sox wouldn't really care if you said that. They don't probably don't have any feeling at all. Very few people have any feeling about the Expos, as I understand it. Um, and <laughs> so they <laughs> Sorry, Expos fans. The, uh, Isn't that Montreal or something? I like have that? no idea. I think it used to be. Yeah. I think they moved. I don't know. All right. Um, so the but the but, but if it's your team, you feel terrible about what's been said. You you feel like it's a personal attack on yourself, and it's just the same with religion and politics and all those other things. So when you know you say something about somebody's political uh, views that disagrees with them, they can they can take that internally, uh, you know, on themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so perhaps more surprisingly, people who have little confidence in their own beliefs are less likely to expose themselves to contrary views than people who are more confident in their own ideas. Oh, that is surprising. Very confident. 
Certain factors can also uh, induce people to seek out opposing points of view, she said. Um, those who To prove how right they are in comparison to them? That, that would be one of the reasons. Yeah. Those who may have, uh, publicly, uh, may have to publicly defend their ideas, such as politicians, for example, are more motivated to learn the views of those who oppose them in the process, she said. They find that their but not own, for the purpose, own ideas evolve. But the purpose is not to learn about the other people's viewpoint, the purpose is to learn how to combat the other person's viewpoint, not to necessarily be open-minded to it while you're reading it. I mean, it may sink in anyway uh, as but, you're researching the, the opposing view, but they're, they're researching the opposing view with the overarching mindset of, okay, how can I defeat this, right? To some extent, that's what's, what's being said, yeah. yes. Or at least find out more about it and, so they can rebut it. So Anyway, if you're going to buy a house, um, you... Excuse me. People who are uh, more likely to expose themselves to opposing ideas when it is useful to them in some way. If you're going to buy a house, you really and you really like the house, you're still going to have to ins- have it inspected. No matter how much um, you may like your surgeon, you may seek out a second opinion before scheduling a major operation. For the most part, it seems that people tend to stay with their own beliefs and attitudes because changing those might prevent them from living the lives that they're living. But it's good news that. Out of the um, out of the three times or close to that, that they're willing to seek out um, the other side. So people are willing to expose themselves between uh, you know sixty six and seventy seventy seven excuse me twenty five and thirty three percent of the time they're willing to expose themselves to new and different things, and that's really how people's opinions evolve and change. Well, and one of the reasons why I think the Free State Project is is so useful. And I know we talk a lot about it because I think it's brilliant. Because uh, we're zealots. Right. Please call in, and yep. call in and watch how cognitive dissonance and confirmation <laughs> bias work. Right, yes. Give us an alternative uh, to, uh, to look at. We've, we've looked at the seasteading thing and praised it, you but, know, but I think. Seasteading, I don't have a problem with no. seasteading. It's still Just not here yet. a decade That's, out, yeah. uh, likely. They've got a ways to go. They're, Made uh, some money. They're, they're looking for all kinds of uh, things. I, so we're open-minded, me, I, right? I mean, I, we want to hear. Uh, I ask for people to give me something a better idea than, uh, yeah. than the free. State project. I, w- I definitely want to hear it. Um, and if you want, to, uh, you know, if 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 you really do think that you have an idea that's better than the Free State Project, here's an opportunity to open yourself up to <laughs> to these uh, the, the, the the hearing other sides because most people are just saying bah, bah, whatever they think yeah. that their idea is better, whatever it is, and. Honestly, Put it I, to the test. I don't see that. But so, but what I was going to say is one of the reasons why the Free State Project is such a great idea of concentrating liberty-minded activists in one geographic area is because it because it increases our numbers, and that means that more people, average folk who may not necessarily have a real liberty viewpoint like we do, are going to encounter the liberty viewpoint more often. Right, they'll have and, more exposure, and the more they get hit with that message in in various different ways, television, radio, from their friends, from their coworkers. The more likely they're going to take it seriously, the more likely they're going to analyze it and possibly accept it and embrace it. More on the way here. You bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give uh, give away to you, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version and a dial-up version. Maybe even a webcam. All free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.com. 
www.freetalklive.com. You can call about anything, toll-free number 800-259-9231. Let's talk smoking. We're going to go internationally here, Mark, and you've got a story from down and down. This one baffles me. There's so many about th- things about this story that confuse me. Um, this is from theage.com.au, so it's from Australia. And it's entitled, Smokers Support Cigarette Price Hike. Smokers support increased prices. Tax us more. <laughs> Smokers imp- We're bad. <laughs> support increased prices for cigarettes when the money is um, used to stop people from taking up the habit, said uh, Public Health Association of Australia. The hmm. anti-smoking group backs a proposal before the federal government to raise the excise tax on cigarettes, which would lift the price to a pack of 30 cigarettes, which their packs must look different than, than ours because ours are 20, 20. Um, for uh, 20 Class A cigarettes. To above twenty dollars. Now, I how many d- classes of cigarettes are there? Uh, I I believe that there's class A and class B cigarettes. Okay, and then roll your own. It's like class B, just kind of the crappy tobacco or something, or I, what? I think that the clove cigarettes are considered class B. Uh, you're 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 getting you're getting beyond what I right. know about cigarettes here, but uh, I, I I believe that to be the case. So just in case uh, they're talking about Australian dollars here, and I suspect they are, I converted what 20 Australian dollars are in U.S. for uh, the Yankees among us here, and it is uh, $16 U.S. currently uh, on the monetary exchange. So try to imagine... $16 for a pack of 30 or 20? pack of 30. Okay, so if you do the division, then that's uh, 12 Ten. bucks. No, ten. Ten dollars a pack. Yeah. I didn't do that particular okay. division, but thank you for that. Uh, so ten bucks for a pack of cigarettes. Can you imagine ten dollars for a pack of cigarettes? I it's bet crazy. New Yorkers can imagine that because I think it's about that in the, in New York City, isn't it? Seven, Something eight, like eight, eight, nine. I think, yeah. We had uh, somebody call in from Montana who smokes a particular brand of cigarettes, uh, the the American Spirits yeah. brand, and uh, they're they're ten dollars a pack. So I guess it's it's not unheard of in the United States, but gosh, ten bucks for a pack of cigarettes just seems outlandish to me. I used to sell them uh, when I worked in the canteen at the uh, prison I was at in 1996 for two dollars a pack, mm. and that was a prison price. Or no, that was for the guards. That was for the guards, but I, okay. you know, I, I, it wasn't out. It, that was pretty comparable. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's 1996 <laughs> to now. That's an incredible amount of f- inflation in the price. Well, now wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa! Careful now. You I said inflation, inflation in incorrectly. I didn't uh, Infl- okay. say inflation. Inflation is I an increase in jumped. the money supply. Yes. Uh, the price has gone up. The, yes. Uh, but a price not, can, not however, necessarily because of by going up. Yes. Okay. True. Tobacco tax is the single most effective way of reducing smoking, says the association's president, Mike Dobb. No, the most effective way is to put everybody in a padded cell. (laughs) The second is public (laughs) education. Yesterday, the government hinted support for such measures, reiterating the significant social and health community and community costs of tobacco use. What are the uh, community costs? The National Preserva- um, Preventative Health Task Force was Dead targeted. people, I guess, Mark. Yes. Targeted. Maybe they have socialized medicine there. I don't know. It's targeted tobacco as a priority, and its report will assist the Australian government to reduce smoking rates. But the plan was met with cynicism by the coalition. The coalition spokesman for health, uh, Peter Dutton, said the tax hike was a revenue-raising exercise similar to the tax increase in the Alcopops. Uh, Al- I guess these are the uh, um, wine coolers, Bartles and James things. Yeah, it's nothing to do with health outcomes. It's all to do with them trying to balance an out of control budget. He said the federal government rejected uh, the coalition's proposal to increase the cigarette excise in May. The increased revenue was presented as a way to alleviate the tax burden created by the crush of people abandoning the private system. Uh, Apparently, you know, if you 
<laughs> offer free health care. Some people won't want to pay for health care that they could pay for. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Mr. Dutton said the government was using the task force report as a smokescreen for a policy about face and had to come clean. Don't try and dress all of these issues up as uh, health issues when they really are just about uh, the red government trying to grab money. Preventative Health Task Force also recommended plainer packaging for cigarettes to dull their appeal. Don't they already have that down there? Don't they have the uh, the boring packaging with the uh, pictures of the uh, the d- blackened lungs and the dead babies and stuff? They have stuff? the big pictures on them. I don't know if they have boring yeah. packaging. Um, now they're just trying to make it even worse. The measure was opposed by tobacco companies, which said the move uh, to stamp out advertising violated competition principles, but uh, Professor Dobbs said the industry's opposition was a signal to the measure would work to reduce smoking. <laughs> the government would... Wait, Mark, can you do this in an Australian accent? I cannot. Not, no. Uh, okay. The government would analyze the uh, report's <laughs> findings and uh, respond in due time. Um, that uh, the spokeswoman said. Now, what? I so sp- wait, is this going to happen or not? It was proposed earlier this year, a, and it's up just again. Talking about it at this point, um, but so the proposals come back around again because yeah. it sounded like they defeated it earlier. They did defeat it earlier, but uh, they're claiming that the government's coming back around with it. I'm just they'll never stop. Of course, yeah. I mean, well, it's right, come and back. this is how, this is how things happen. This is how the the stuff gets through. They they pound it and they pound it and pound it, and pretty soon right. they. Of course, the government says, "Oh no, we." Couldn't do another tax. I, I just couldn't. And then they say, all right, if you insist, we'll tax yeah. you a little more. Right. Find five smokers who will say, please tax us more, and then that's reason enough to Right. And they say them. that they're going to do it on, uh, um, you know, to get people to quit smoking. And I'm not saying that that's a particularly good reason. I think that people should be able to make their decisions. I do also believe that tobacco is the uh, the, the most addictive substance on the planet. But is that's it nicotine that's the most addictive? Nicotine is. And I believe that people should be able to make those uh, those decisions themselves. You know, the 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 idea that people the government will actually spend it on what it's supposed to is ludicrous. If you look yeah. at all these uh, settlements with the tobacco companies and the states were supposed to put all these anti-smoking campaigns in place, man, they spent that money. And how much? Know, how much would this be for an ounce of uh, tobacco? I don't know. It's getting up there, though. You know, isn't it's, it? at some point, it's going to become cost-effective to set up the grow lights in your basement and grow tobacco, tobacco plants, sure, and and sell underground cigarettes to your friends. I mean, that's what this is eventually leading to. And then we'll have to have a war on tobacco, and we'll have to kick in people's doors. They and, already do. Uh, I remember a story from a few years ago after New York City came through with its new taxes that, that brought the cigarette packs up to seven, eight, nine bucks a pack. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing a story about how they they have these, and I, I bet you if you Google it, you'll find a story about what they've been doing recently. Selling it off they, the back of the truck. But they called uh, the, the the government guys formed what they called the Cigarette Interdiction Squad, if I'm recalling correctly, mm-hmm. the CIS uh, Department of the the Police, and so that's exactly what they were doing. They were going out and doing sting operations, trying to bust people who were buying, for instance. Uh, cartons, I guess is what they're called, cartons and cartons, boxes full of cartons of cigarettes in other states, bringing them into New York City and then selling them on the street or whatever it is, however they were selling them out, whether they were selling single cigarettes or selling the packs, yeah. uh, they were selling them on the street. And so the cigarette interdiction squad's job was to do exactly what you're talking about. So it yeah. already happened. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's going to work. Bigger. It's going to work this time. Yeah, you know, the war on drugs, prohibition and all well, that. Well, no, this is the war on cigarettes. It's right. different. This one will work. Uh, <laughs> well, they'll, sell, they'll tell you this one's working if you ask the right people. Of right. course.
Well, I do think that to some extent it's effective by raising the price. I mean, some people just say, you know, this is it for me. I'm not saying that that's a good reason. I'm just saying it's effective. I, for instance, quit smoking because they uh, raised the taxes on cigarettes. Mine was a moral decision because I didn't I, – I really can't stop paying taxes with the way things are with my family right now. My wife relies on me completely, and uh, she's not comfortable with the idea of me not paying federal income tax. However, the idea of me, you know, bothering her about not wanting to pay federal income tax is really disingenuous when I'm willingly giving the federal government mm. hundreds of dollars a year yeah. in taxes Cigar tax. while I'm smoking, and that's just wrong. Um, they use that money to hurt people, kill people in foreign countries. I, you know, from a from a moral and uh, psychological, or excuse me, a philosophical standpoint, I can't do that. Yeah, so, I would say yours is a very unique kind of um, it is, story there. <laughs> but price motivates people in the marketplace. It does motivate. Uh, price does motivate. But as Sam said, people will start doing their own tobacco production yeah. or buy somewhere else. And it's mostly really just going to buy it in another state and truck it in. People suggested um, that I grow now. tobacco plants at my house. And, and, you know, I mean, it's not a terrible idea, but it's going to be a while until those plants are mature and then you have to dry them and all that. Yeah, stuff there's there. a process involved. I don't know how lengthy it is. I don't know if it's Years. I don't know if it's to the point where, right. Yeah, I don't think it's to the point where it's really profitable. It would be easier to just truck it in from somewhere else. Uh, but nonetheless, the black market will bring in lower prices than the market. Uh, the or gray market or whatever you want to call it, the alternate market, the free market, if you will, will bring in cigarettes to uh, the consumers and save them a few bucks at this point because it's not a total prohibition. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Enough time for your call if you make it now to one 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one. Tonight it's Ian with you and Sam and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls. To the second most tobacco-smoking estate in the United States, uh, it is Jerry, listening in West Virginia to WVTS. Hey, Jerry. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm a friend of uh, Paco. You may remember him as uh, owning the Black Hawks. Yeah, here. Paco, Kerry Paco Ellison. Uh, right. Heroic man. Uh, do, can you recap for our listeners uh, why he's notable? He's notable because uh, he's going against the uh, health department here. The health department shut down... Uh, smoking from all bars in our county. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paco was the only one that decided that uh, it was uh, uh, illegal and uh, not their right to tell him how to run his business. So uh, he not only allowed smoking, uh, he invited smoking into his establishment, even though he himself is not a smoker. It's about right. For, about property rights. The system. Yep, and we had uh, we had Kerry uh, Paco. Uh, I guess he's he goes by Paco. Uh, we had him on the show, and uh, a, her, a very heroic man. In the face of the government's threats against his business and against his freedom, he decided to allow people to uh, to continue smoking on his premises. Right. Well, here's the sad thing about this: uh, West Virginians. I don't know about the rest of the country other than California. But West Virginians are notorious for not getting involved with anything that they should be involved with. They won't uh, uh, protest anything. They won't rally around a cause. Oh, welcome uh, to America. That's, that's the whole so, country. <laughs> that's yeah, the whole okay. country. So, so 
so uh, Paco decides to have, uh, you know, like a smoker's protest late last fall. And I went to it, and so did three other people. Now, here's all the press, and here's like four of us. And, you know, we're not a threat to anyone. And, but there's so many thousands of smokers here, and for smoke, or, or for the rights of the people. And, but no one will show up here. Now, mm. compare that with the little country of Estonia. Estonia is my second home. I go there every year. I've met with government officials. I've studied the culture and history for the last seven years. I love that little country. Now, three days ago, uh, on the border of Estonia, Estonia, folks, in case you don't know where it's at, it's the northernmost Baltic country. There's Estonia, Latvia, and then Lithuania. One of the former Soviet states. Right, right. And so all three of these little nations border Russia. Now, along the border, there is a river uh, in the little city of Narva, Estonia, and mostly Russians left over from the Cold War live there. They're now, you know, kind of Estonia citizens, I guess. They're allowed to cross the border and go into Russia and purchase things. One of the main items they purchase is cigarettes. They're allowed to bring back, or at least they were until three days ago, they were allowed to bring back ten packs of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. A new law went into effect three days ago that said you can only bring back one pack of cigarettes. Immediately, immediately that day, a thousand people hit the streets in protest of this. You know, there's so many things to worry about over there right now because their economy is in trouble just like ours is. Mm -hmm. And But yet... People, it seems like people in other parts of the world, especially Europe, will protest at the drop of a hat, while us fat, dumb, happy Americans will just sit back and take it. And I have never understood that. Hang on, Jerry. With these people who are going across the border, I mean, the same thing is true in uh, Mexico. There are runners who will bring drugs across, prescription drugs, whatever, and then mail them uh, once they're on the other side. Could these people be doing that to make a living, and that's why it's so important because the state has come in and put its foot down and it has personally affected them? Because that, when that happens here in the U.S., that's when people seem to wake up and seem to start caring is when the state comes in and, and crushes them and, and it affects them personally. That's when they're willing to go out and do something. Right. I'm not sure how many of these people were, you know, maybe selling them in their own little stores or were using them for their, you know, using the cigarettes for their own use. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really don't know. And I'm sure it wasn't uh, that, I mean, uh, the the country wasn't losing that much money, I don't think. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. But the, the point, I guess, that I'm making is it doesn't take a tremendous, uh, huge issue for people in other parts of the world to get out and protest the simplest things. And over here, major things happen. And I used, I used to say this all the time, you can't get more than 10 West Virginians together to protest anything unless you <laughs> offer an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've made this same observation in the past. I remember that the uh, uh, recently in France, it was um, within the last couple of years at least, uh, they had talked about... Uh, diminishing the rules that companies had as far as uh you know how they could fire people mm-hmm. so that they could hire more young people that was the the idea was to relax the rules for the first 2 years give a sort of a probationary period for young people to be hired on so that they would be more easy to fire 
as long as they hired them. These these people by um, you know, young young people, you know, it's a huge unemployment rate in France. So the young people got went to the streets and started throwing Molotov cocktails and flipping cars over because they <laughs> the government was going to uh, you know change these rules on how it was that they were going to be employed. But likely they would have been employed when they weren't uh, already. So it's right. it's very strange to me. Well, whether they're protesting for reasons you agree with right. or not, Mark, is not the point. What he's pointing out is that he he feels like people in other countries are more likely to get active, and maybe that's true. I don't know. I've certainly never stu- uh, seen a study done on it, but the apathy in America is quite striking, and I think that maybe, I'm going to speculate here, maybe it has something to do with the fact that, yes, uh, Americans are fat and lazy and uh, and very happy with their, their lives in general. And we're told that we're free all the time, and right. that we have the greatest the best country on ever. Earth. Oh, and by the way, people... fellas, I'm glad you brought that up, because I've been telling all my friends for the last seven years, I don't feel any freer than when I go to Europe, and especially to Estonia, there are much less Many less laws, many less things to worry about yes. there than there are here in America. Well, and in Estonia, you've got a situation where within the last two decades, they have, uh, or about two decades ago as of this point, they have uh, had a complete overhaul in the way things were done. I mean, it used to be a Soviet state in 1989, I think it was, when uh, all that came crashing down. So maybe the folks in Estonia are a little more Johnny on the spot, and they realize how important it is for them to pay attention to what's going on and are a lot more interested in that because it's just, it's a fresher thing for them. The, the culture is different. I have a group sure. of uh, French friends that I hang out with. Uh, a girl's brother came over, and I had a conversation with him about politics, and we covered uh, some libertarian ideas and so forth. And he said to me, you know, you're the – he had been here for a week, met lots of people. He said, you're the first one that I've had a real conversation with mm. since I've been here. And, and that's apparently pretty normal over in, in France is for them to talk about politicians, talk about these issues – uh, things that concern them, but over here in America, it's uh, Britney Spears. We have this corporate-controlled yeah. media that's in bed with government and is really spinning things to just keep Americans fat, dumb, and happy. Just like let, let me close with this: Estonia was the first country uh, in the world, I think, to uh, install a flat tax. That's right. Their new country's tax base when they came out from under the uh, Soviet dictatorship, and uh, that you know they vote. Uh, 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 by via computer from their homes for their president. Uh, they're very progressive in many, many ways over there. And, yeah, I've heard uh, really good things uh, about Estonia. How often do you spend time over there? I go over there every year, uh, uh, occasionally twice a year. Well, give us give us a call. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, next time you come back from there and uh, more observations. We love observations I love hearing from Estonia. From, uh, no, I love hearing from people that are in other parts of the world and and what's going on there. I mean, we've got our um, our listener Gene, the Christian anarchist, that takes trips to China every year, and he always calls us with his observations and you know what's changed from last year to this year. There and, there, there are countries that I'm particularly interested in, though. I'm, I'm interested in what's going on in Ireland. I hear that's one of the freest countries in the world. Yeah. Estonia is up there. Yes, it um, is. Th- there's a province in Switzerland called. Zug, uh, which apparently is the, uh, <laughs> the libertarian paradise, where the tax yeah, right. rate is below ten percent, and uh, there's all so. kinds of, uh, of of civil liberties. But I yeah. don't know. I want to hear more about this. Estonia uh, so is I'm one told. of those places. So next time you come back, if you think of uh, think of us, give us a call and uh, give us a report. Will, will do. Just came back three weeks ago, and uh, it's a great place. Talk awesome. to you guys later. Thanks, Jerry, for the call tonight. Uh, we've got enough time for Jonathan. Jonathan, you got about twenty seconds for your thoughts. Go ahead. In Oklahoma, Jonathan in Oklahoma going once. Hello. 
Hey, Hello? you're on the air. Go quickly. Okay. Hey, I just got a question. Have you ever heard of an emergency order of detainment? Is that like a uh, something where you, if somebody's going crazy, you can call the cops and they'll um, they'll put them in a crazy house for a few days? Uh, hello. I, we're still here, but I don't okay. Know. A medical doctor. If somebody attempts a suicide, then essentially a medical doctor can write. For yep. Yeah, I have heard of those. I, I wish we had time to talk about it. Call us tomorrow night. We can discuss it then. It's been Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.